circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflection. Oh, he scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, oh. hero! Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the WHL Podcast. I am Zach Hodder, your host and the manager of player development for the Western Hockey League. We have got a doozy of a show for you today. We've got a longtime play-by-play broadcaster who has made the jump to his hometown team in the NHL. We've got a potential first-round pick in next year's NHL entry draft and one of the top prospects entering the Western Hockey League this year. All that and more after the news and notes. It's been a big week of assistant coaching news in the Western Hockey League. We'll start in Lethbridge, where Lethbridge Hurricanes assistant coach Andrew Doty has been hired by the Henderson Silver Knights and will serve as the team's video coach. Doty first joined Lethbridge in 2013 as a game night volunteer and has spent the past three seasons as an assistant coach with the Hurricanes. He will join former Spokane Chiefs head coach Emmanuel Viveros and former Vancouver Giants assistant coach Jamie Heward with the Henderson Silver Knights. Michael Chan of the Edmonton Oil Kings has been hired by the Toronto Marlies of the AHL as the team's video coach. Chan, who has been with the Oil Kings for the past five seasons, has spent the previous three seasons as the club's video coach and hockey operations coordinator. Chan has also worked as a video coach on several Team Canada events. That's it for the news and notes this week. For everything WHL, you can go on to our Twitter page, at the WHL, or the website, www.whl.ca. Feeds it back to Andre. Back to Kubi. One-time blast on goal. Popped in the air. Score! <laughs> Here go your teddy bears. Spin that wheel. Throw those bears. Connor Roulette has tied the game at one on the power play. Well, with the way the rookie season is going, we probably should have guessed that he was going to score the teddy bear goal. Today, I'm joined by Seattle Thunderbirds star, burgeoning star in the Western Hockey League, and potential first-round draft pick in this year's NHL entry draft, the 2021 draft I'm talking about. It is Connor Roulette of the Seattle Thunderbirds. Connor, how are you doing? Pretty good. Um, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Just like I told you before, we're going to be heading out, me and the girlfriend skiing this weekend, so I got no complaints. Uh, what's on the docket for you? What uh, What do you have going on this weekend? Just um, some home workouts and uh, hitting the ODR with some friends. Uh, not much to do with everything shut down, but um, thankfully all the ODRs are open and they have the lights on all night. So um, yeah, it's probably the first thing I'll be doing all, all weekend. Uh, it's one of the benefits of living in the prairies compared to the the guys that live out on the West Coast where, you know, they can go play in a puddle, but they definitely can't go play on the ODR. But speaking yeah. of that, it's been a, a weird start to the season, obviously, as much as the season ended last year. You actually got to play a couple games with the Selkirk Steelers, the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. You had a goal and an assist in three games. What was that experience like for yourself and how good did it feel to get out there and play some games? Yeah, um, it felt really good just to finally be able to like kind of put the whole equipment on and, you know, get into some games and kind of be in that team atmosphere. And um, yeah, it definitely felt pretty good. Uh, My brother played in the MJ, you know, um, as a, you know, as a kid watching him and you finally get to, you know, play in the rinks that um, he played in. And 
um, yeah, it was just a good, just to get, you know, and meet the new guys and play with some guys that I played with before. And it was a good, great experience overall. And it was finally, you know, get the legs going again, get in game shape. But then sadly we got shut down and, um, uh, haven't been, haven't been on a team since. So, um, but yeah, you know, those, those three games were fun and it was a good experience. Well, looking back at last year, you had an outstanding 16 year old season in the Western hockey league, 19 goals and 20 assists for 39 points in only 54 games, which is beyond impressive. Um, and it put a lot of expectation on you heading into this year. So when you look back on last year and as you prepare for this year, it is your draft year. What are the things that you have been working on or the things that you have been trying to develop so that when it comes to, you know, whenever the draft is going to be, you hear your name as early as you want to. Yeah. Well, you know, the season, yeah, it did, it did end, end off pretty good. I, you know, the first half of the season, it kind of took a lot of just getting used to and, um, you know, finding, finding your game, playing with older, better guys. And um, I think, you know, throughout the season, just finding that confidence. And I think um, this summer, just getting stronger and getting bigger. And then, um, you know, just, you get, you grow more mature than, um, so I think, you know, biggest thing just coming into the season, just coming in stronger, faster and, um, you know, just for me personally, I think it's, you know, just protecting the puck more. Um, I need to kind of work on, you know, puck protection and, um, you know, that just kind of ties into being stronger and then, um, just having more confidence and just being a mature player in the league. I think that'll help me a lot. And, um, obviously, you know, just the players I play with as well. Um, there's a lot of great guys on the team and, um, you know, it's just, you can't, can't do everything, you know, by yourself and all that. And thankfully, you know, the great, great players on the team. And, you know, if, if I were to, um, do hear my name get drafted and all that it, it would be you know just from the help I get from you know the players I have on the team and um, you know just hopefully hopefully we get the season hopefully I can be back with that group and um, you know just continue to play with you know such a great group of guys yeah, and you guys are building towards something there you have such a young team from last season the youngest team in the Western Hockey League you you're obviously working towards a goal that you know this year would have been a big step and then the year after this your 18 year old season is going to be a, a real big year for that Seattle team and you're going to be a very important player on it Unfortunately, we've lost almost a full season now due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but you've picked up a new skill. You're a big NHL 21 player now online. You and Keyshawn Gervais are part of the Indigenous Gaming Hockey League. Can you just explain kind of how you got started with the esports hockey and, and what you love about it? Well, yeah, like, you know, just like every, every you know, hockey player, and I think almost everyone in, you know, who's, who loves playing games, it's just kind of something that you do on your off time and you know, just this, this summer and this off season, I guess we've had so, so much time just to kind of, you know, when you're not working out and you're not skating and you kind of have an off day, just kind of sit around and um, you kind of pick up new hobbies. And I think just as a kid, like I always kind of grew up playing um, NHL 05 on the PS2 or uh, I, I went from PS2 all the way up to the PS, you know, five. So just kind of finding new hobbies. And then just, you know, when you, when you kind of play, it gets competitive and you like to play with your friends and have fun at the same time. So you know, you can under, you find out there's leagues and stuff like that. And, you know, there's people having games and, you know, set times and set, you know, rules. It's, it's pretty fun. So yeah, it was definitely, you know, one of the big things that I found, you know, the, the funniest thing to do. So uh, when you get to find in a league like that, you play with play against guys like Keyshawn, he's a great NHL player. So uh, it was pretty fun just to do that uh, live stream with him is, it's pretty good exposure. And I think it's, it's just the funnest thing, uh, hobby I got into this summer. Well, I know Keyshawn has his own Twitch stream. Are you planning on getting your own uh, handle there so we can start pumping you a little bit too? <laughs> uh, that's, I don't know. It's, it's, if, if I were to do that, I'd probably, it would be fun. But right now it's not really a goal of mine, but um, maybe, maybe get a face cam for the next stream or something like that would be pretty fun. 
there's never uh there's always room for that so if if it does come down to it for sure but um right now it's i'd rather be uh the a, a mass gamer who's um beating guys who don't know who i am so um but i do have a twitch account i just don't really go on it as much well you know i, I got one last question for you here as you get ready for the start of the season Outside of the Showwear Center, which is the home of the Seattle Thunderbirds, what rink are you most excited to get back into next year? I'd probably say the Angel of the Winds or uh, the Rose Garden in Portland. Um, it's always it's always fun games to play in there. The fans are just as loud as the ones in Seattle, but definitely not better. I think just playing against Portland or Everett, you have such that big rivalry, and then the fans get into it as well, and it's always loud, and it's always kind of – there's always so much, I guess, intensity in the building, and – just fun to you know when you score or when they score and you kind of have that adversity or when you get that luck on your side it's it's always fun it's always a fun game so I think just playing in Everett or Portland is what I'm looking forward to most if if you, if, um, if you play anywhere it'd be there now the battle of the I-5 both those teams it's uh it's a great matchup and two I mean the Angel Lewins is a beautiful arena and the Rose Garden is obviously a classic and then the Showwear Center I think every WHL fan needs to get out to a Tuesday game at the Showwear mm -hmm. Center I don't think there's any experience like it in the Western Hockey League but Connor thank you so much for taking time out of your day wish you the best of luck as we get prepared for a season here and you continue to I mean, stay mentally strong. That's what it is right now. Mm -hmm. Pretty much you guys just got to keep your focus and uh, I think you're doing a great job. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you so much for having me. A big thank you to Connor Roulette. Up next, we have Cam Moon, who served 22 years as the play-by-play -play voice of the Red Deer Rebels. Before last Monday, he got a call that changed his life forever. The hometown boys heading back home to the Edmonton Oilers, where he will be serving as their play-by-play -play voice on radio with 6.30 Chad this season. Today I'm joined by, well, in the Western Hockey League, he'd be the Joe Thornton of play-by-play -play broadcasters, but in the NHL, I guess he's the Alexei Lafreniere. He's the new guy. Uh, it is former Red Deer Rebels play-by-play -play man, current Edmonton Oilers play-by-play -play man on 630 Chad. It is Cam Moon. Cam, congratulations, and how have the first couple of days in Edmonton been? Thanks. It's been hectic. This came together so quick that I could you barely catch my breath and get up here and and cram like I have I've never crammed before to get ready for broadcasts but starting to get my feet under me a little bit here it's been a lot of fun in a very short amount of time well let's talk about how quick that turnaround was this came I found out about this early Monday morning before the announcement came uh, I knew that you'd be having to work a game at least maybe at the earliest Wednesday but for sure on Thursday night what do you do when you find out Hey, you're going to be going to the NHL to do a play-by-play -play game. Here is what 40 names you need to memorize. You need to understand who these guys are. Oh, and by the way, uh, regular season game starts in three days. So get ready, kid. How did that feel? And what did you do to get ready? It was overwhelming. Like last Thursday, I was walking my dogs in the afternoon without a care in the world. And, and it was next thing, you know, a phone call, couple of interviews I found out Sunday it got announced Monday Tuesday morning honestly I was throwing clothes in my vehicle I have no idea if I have got the right stuff I took whatever I could and drove up here to be at practice for Tuesday to watch Wednesday to broadcast Thursday so yeah it was tough I had to do a lot of uh, cramming get as much information as I could as quick as I could and try to simplify as much as I could. And I didn't want to try and do too much 
And my head's just not smart enough to handle too much information all at once. So I had to slow it down a little, keep it simple. And once I got the first one under my belt, I'll feel a lot better. And, and that knowledge is going to grow as time goes on. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting a few weeks under my belt, but it was, it was crazy quick. It wasn't something I was looking for, but I, I sure am glad that it found me. Well, Cam, I think let's talk about that game last night that you called. It was your first ever NHL game. Uh, I'm sure you were nervous, but there's such a cool moment that happens because the first goal you ever call in the NHL for the Edmonton Oilers is Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a, a guy that you know very well, a guy that you got to see and develop in the Western Hockey League. And what was that moment like for yourself? It was unbelievable. I I couldn't believe it. Like I I could I, I wanted the Oilers to play real well. I thought they had a bit of a slow start on Wednesday night, certainly in the first period. And then maybe a, a little bit of bad luck halfway through the game where some chances it didn't go in for Edmonton and then, then did for Vancouver. I figured they'd come out pretty hot and they did. And then when Ryan scored, I, I it just seemed like so fitting that uh, that's the way it went. So I, I was happy because I always want to see Ryan do well. I'm so biased. Uh, I wouldn't have been upset if Brandon Sutter got a goal too. Uh, former Red Deer Rebel on the other side. Uh, I certainly wanted an Oilers win, but uh, if Brandon would have got one too, that would have been really good. But I was, was happy for Ryan. I want to see him uh, score and I see him get two. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it's crazy. Like it's, it's funny how life goes sometimes that, and I mean, here we are right now. Yeah. 2021, it's going to be a good year for everybody. You know, it started yeah. a little bit rough. You know, we had almost an insurrection yep. at the U S Capitol, but you know what? We bounced back. Uh, I actually not very happy with you. Uh, Wednesday do? nights, the Canucks win. You're not working the game. Thursday night, the Canucks lose. You're working the game. So maybe on the Canucks games, <laughs> we just sit those ones out from here on because the Canucks need those wins. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the Oilers needed that one bad. I mean, the, if, you, if you listen to the, the sports talk radio here in town, there was, uh, there was a bit of panic, I think. I, typical, typical. That's how it is in, in Canadian markets where – we get really excited when they win and, and right in the dumps when they lose. But yeah, it was, uh, it, it was a good, I thought the Oilers played really well last night. Yeah. The best thing about the Canadian, especially, you know, Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal team could go on a 10 game winning streak and it's all roses, but then they lose one and then the GM oh, yeah. should get fired. That's but it. yeah, you know all about that. Let's go down memory lane though. 22 mm -hmm. years with the Red Deer Rebels. Um, I think uh, I'd assume this is an assumption on my part, but the 2001 Memorial cup team has to be one of your best years. And can you just kind of remember any big games or big plays or, or players that really stuck out in your mind about that year's team? And what was it like to be, you know, you were with the team for three years at that point to go to the Memorial cup and then to win the Memorial cup as well. Well, going into that year, it was expected the team was going to be pretty good. Uh, the year before they were good enough to get into the playoffs, uh, got beat four straight by Kootenai in the first round, but Kootenai went on to win the WHL that year. So no shame in that, but a lot of guys coming back and a lot of key players. So the idea was, okay, this team's going to be pretty good. And then out of the gate, they were uh, a big trade made at the WHL trading deadline. Uh, Martin Erat was a huge part of that coming over from the Saskatoon blades that helped a lot too. Uh, but from the middle of December on that team never lost two games in a row including the playoffs. And if you think about that, that's a lot of hockey, a lot of road trips, back-to-back uh, -back nights on the road, all sorts of things. And yet 
they never lost two in a row. I remember when the team went through the U.S. road trip and going out there and sweeping it. Like that in itself is really difficult. It's a ton of travel. I remember a one nothing game in Portland, the team that the Rebels played in the WHL final that year. But in the regular season, it was a one nothing win in Portland. It was just an amazing game. Uh, there, was, there were so many cool moments. And one that I'll never forget. This is unbelievable when I think about it. It's the last game of the trip. The team's in Tri-Cities. So they've won every game. They've got a pretty healthy lead in the third period. And if you know where the press box is in Tri-Cities, it's really not that high up. And it's right up and over. It's a beautiful location. And there's a face-off in the Tri-City end. And Bryce Toma played for the Rebels for four years, then went to the U of S and was an assistant coach with Red Deer for years too after he was done playing pro, is coming onto the ice from the bench. And the press box is across from the ice. Toma skates out in, in a real methodical kind of slow way onto the ice before the face-off, looks up at me, makes eye contact, gives me the little nod. They drop the puck, it goes back to Toma, puts it towards the net, rebound score, because of course they did. Like it, they just, and I think it ended up like 6-2 or something. It just, there was that confidence in that team. Uh, it was just, it was a great bunch of guys. Justin Mapletop wins the WHL scoring title that year with 120 points. And a guy was lights out from start to finish. Martin Erat won the WHL scoring in the playoffs. He was amazing. Shane Bandera was the playoff MVP in goal. Unbelievable. Uh, and then the Memorial Cup in Regina was, was uh, just crazy. It was just so much fun. A lot of people from Red Deer were able to drive to Regina. So it, it had a bit of a hometown feel, at least when they weren't playing the Pats. So th that was pretty cool, too. And during that playoff run in the second round, Rebels lost the first game to the Calgary Hitmen. Actually, the Rebels lost the first game of the first three series that year in the playoffs, but they lose to Calgary at home. The second game goes to overtime. And I remember thinking, geez, if they drop this and go down 2 nothing, heading back to Calgary, that's a real tough road home. And Colby Armstrong scores a goal on a wraparound that brought the house down. Like it was so loud. You couldn't talk to the person next to you. And, and it was such a special feeling. So there's something about a WHL playoff run where the whole town gets involved that I, I think is amazing. And, and it doesn't matter what WHL city you're in. It's that same feeling. And it's just so, so fun to be around. And that year was incredibly special. Absolutely. was. There's a, you know, what's funny is you go through the names on that list and there's, there's guys that were WHL scoring leaders that never really accomplished much in the pros, but then on that team as well, there's Martin yeah. Erat and there's Colby Armstrong and there's guys that ended up going on to the NHL having very long, very successful careers. And that's kind of what it takes is you need that mix of everybody on a great team, as I'm sure, you know, but uh, you know, when you look back on your career, what do you think is the worst call that you ever had. It's the one that sticks out in your mind that the second it came out of your mouth, you were like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. Oh, there's probably a bunch of those. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure the key is to just get past it. Don't dwell on it, just move on. If you don't make a big deal out of it, nobody else will either. Uh, but yeah, there's got, there's got to be a bunch, especially when you're like on the road and you're doing the game by yourself. And maybe it's the third game in four nights and sleep you haven't got a lot of it so i mean you're not like the sharpest you need to be that certainly happens uh 
because of, of the travel and stuff. And, or, or if I try to do, especially after like, yeah, three games or four nights and you try to do math in your head uh, while you're broadcasting, you know, like when you're figuring out if two goals were relatively close together and I'm quickly trying to de decipher in my head the time gap between the two goals. Yeah. God knows I butchered the heck out of that over the years. Uh, Cause you don't have really have time to figure it out. You're figuring it out in your head as you're talking. So I'm, I'm not sharp enough to do that all the time. So there's been a few of those. Uh, you know, I think one of the coolest things about, you know, having played in the Western hockey league, like you, you did as well, you were a goaltender in the Western hockey league uh, is you get to know the, the communications guys, the play-by-play -play guys and the broadcasters really well because of those road trips. Uh, you're with them on the bus. You guys are talking pregame meals and you really get to know the players from your position. And one of the cool things that I found is that there's guys that come into the Western hockey league that there's no expectations on them. They're just kind of there to fill a role, but they turn into guys that over the years end up developing into NHL players. I mean, for myself, I look back at Jordan Martinick was a good example of this. He was a guy that was yeah. just supposed to come in, but then turn into an assistant captain now at the Carolina hurricanes. Is there a guy with the rebels that you, that you saw over the years you were there that you didn't really have expectations on that ended up becoming an NHL hockey player? Well, one of them that comes to mind right off the hop is, is Jim Vandermeer, who was the captain of that Memorial Cup team in 2001. Jim made the team as a 17-year-old and only played about half the games and was sometimes a forward and sometimes a D and, and just filled in where he had to fill in. And then the next year at 18, he played defense all the time, but like not a big role. And then at 19, he made a pretty big jump. And you're like, it didn't hurt that he was tough as heck. You know, he got into a, a ton of tilts at 19 back when those sorts of things happened and started to develop into a guy, a guy that you could, you know, play top four. And then at 20, he was clearly the captain. His leadership skills were off the charts. There was no question this was the guy that was running everything. And, and the buck stopped with Jim. If you needed something done, you just say, Jim, this is what needs to be done. And it's done. Like you never even had to worry about it. He was 20 going on 35 and his role increased to the point where he was like a, a top defenseman. He signs a free agent contract with Phil yeah, with Philadelphia that year. And then his rights got traded to Chicago. And then he, he played in the NHL in Chicago. And I believe he was in uh, Edmonton as well, San Jose, Vancouver. You know, there's a guy that, you know, at 17 years old, he was, uh, he was never drafted in the WHL. He was never drafted in the NHL, but had a really good career in the NHL because he worked so hard and was such a good guy. You know, my last question for you, mm -hmm. you're in the NHL now. What are you most excited about this year in your new position? It's, it's a couple of things. The, the first thing is, is just being able to call NHL hockey. But when you get right down to it, it's still hockey. Like it's everything, the, the lights are, are pretty bright and, and there's huge attention on it for sure. Uh, but when the puck drops and the broadcast starts, it's really not much different than what I've been doing in Red Deer. It, it's still the game and, and you still need to call it and capture the, the excitement and the essence of being in the rink for the people that aren't in the rink. And right now nobody's in the rink. So now I really need to capture the essence of the game without 
the addition and, and the help of fans making noise. I don't have that luxury, but that's okay because I can get jacked up about this without having people there. And, and the second thing, quite honestly, is, is coming to Edmonton. I grew up here. I watched the Oilers as a little kid. I went to so many Oiler games with my dad and, and I got a lot of buddies here and I've got a lot of ties and roots and, and you name it. But uh, this, is, this is my hometown and I'm so ex I'm as excited to be back in Edmonton because I love it so much as I am to be working in the NHL. There's no place I'd rather be. Well, there's no place you'd rather be. It's a full circle story now that you're finally back home in Edmonton with the Oilers. Uh, you got one game under your belt. I hope that you have several hundred to a thousand more. Uh, as much as we would like to see you back in the WHL, we'd much rather see you stay up in the NHL. So Cam, congratulations again on all your success. And I wish you the best. Um, not just play by play, but staying healthy and staying, staying in it, enjoying what you can this year. It's going to be awesome. Congratulations. All right. Thanks, Zach. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you again to Cam Moon, and we wish him the best of luck with the Edmonton Oilers this season, except when they are playing the Vancouver Canucks. Our last guest today is the third overall selection from the 2019 WHL Draft. His brother plays for the Edmonton Oil Kings. They're going to bet on who has more points this season. It is Prince George Cougars defenseman Keaton Dalhaniak. Today I'm joined by the third overall selection from the 2019 WHL Draft. He was the captain of his Bantam team that season. Just happened to be the same team that the fourth overall selection to the same club the Prince George Cougars played on. That's Cohen Zimmer. But this is the third overall pick, Keaton Dalhaniak. How are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I can't complain. It's a beautiful day here in Calgary. Uh, but what have you been doing right now? It's been such a weird year in the fact that we haven't been able to play. We were able to play, you know, some minor hockey, a little bit of junior A, and now we're not able to play again here in the province of Alberta. So what are you doing to stay, stay in shape, stay healthy, and get ready for the start of the WHL season? Yeah, so obviously it's a different offseason than normal. So um, I've been out at the ODR with some buddies um, probably four times a week and then working out here at home. Well, you're lucky in the fact that your older brother Logan's played in the Western Hockey League with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Are you able to train with him and just get any advice on what he learned in his first season in the Western Hockey League as you prepare? Yeah, he helps me. He pushes me in the gym. He's he's there for me. Uh, well, let's let's ask you this. Who's <laughs> going to be the next season? Who's going to have more points, you or him? I don't know. I, we might have to make a bet on that one. <laughs> I wouldn't be bad. Well, you did go third overall. You were actually the first pick for defensemen. So we could say you're the first overall pick among defensemen in the 2019 WHL draft is one way to look at it. But for people who haven't seen you play before, can you describe the type of player that you are? I think I'm a pass first kind of guy. Well, skater. I like to play physical, move the puck up north, that kind of attitude. And you're going to learn from a few very good coaches who've had a lot of experience at the NHL level, including Jason Smith, who played over a thousand games, was the captain of the Edmonton Oilers for many seasons. Uh, when you went to training camp last, last year and you got to meet the coaching staff for the first time, uh, what were your takeaways from that training camp experience and, and what did you learn moving forward into last year? There's a lot of work that, that goes behind the scenes. I felt the vets, the vets uh, welcomed me nice and well. Uh, into camp so that helped as well uh, coaches they uh, they like to talk to me so all positive 
positive reinforcement from them. So, well, looking back on last year, when you came back to OHA Edmonton, you had quite a good season in 25 games, you had 22 points, but you also got eight regular season games with the Prince George Cougars. Can you describe that first game and the jitters and what was going through your mind before puck drop uh, for your first game with the Cougars? Oh, it was, it was pretty nuts. Um, it was in Portland uh, during their teddy bear toss game. So uh, it was a big warm up crowd. Um, me and Cohen were actually both out there for a quick little lap in warm ups. But I mean, the jitters went away right after first, uh, first shift. I kind of felt comfortable out there. It was nice playing out there though, but the atmosphere was, it's really fun. Was that in the Moda Center and the veterans? Uh, that was in the older rink. I'm oh, not okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's the Veterans Memorial. I mean, one day, hopefully, you'll get to play Moda. It's where the Trailblazers play. It's an incredible yeah. rink. And uh, as somebody who got healthy scratch quite a bit when he played in the Western Hockey League, yeah. one of the best video scoreboards in the league. So I don't think you'll have to worry about that. But uh, for anybody else who's listening who might not play a lot, they will. But mm-hmm. let's move away from the rink. Let's get to know you a little bit more. Uh, I've been asking this question a lot. Who is an athlete that you admire? Um, Eric Carlson. I like the way he plays, uh, smart player, offensive D man. I like to model my game after him as well as Drew Doughty. <laughs> oh, a couple player. pretty good players to model your game after right there. Uh, the, the Tokyo Olympics, unfortunately were postponed, but if there was a sport outside of hockey at the Olympics, what do you think you'd excel in? Um, this one might be a weird one, but probably swimming. <laughs> I'm a pretty, pretty good swimmer. So. Hey, we got the next Michael Phelps up in Prince George this year. And then my last question for you, uh, a lot of these younger guys that love to play video games, is there a video game that you enjoy playing? Um, NBA 2K21. That's a big game. Me and my buddies go at that all the time. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. I think, uh, I think most of the kids in the league will be playing that one too. So you guys will have a lot of competition up in PG this year. But Keaton, again, congratulations on the success that you've had so far in your career. And I wish you the best of luck to yourself and your family as you continue along your path and you, you continue on to your end goal of one day making the NHL. So thank you so much and have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's it for the podcast this week. A big thank you to Cam Moon, Connor Roulette, and Keaton Dalhania for taking time out of their weeks to sit down and talk with me. I hope that you are having a great start to 2021. We're now three weeks in, so if you've kept up with your resolutions, you should be able to keep them all year because it takes about 21 days to create a habit. And if you haven't, don't worry, neither have I. I hope you have a great week, and we will be dropping another episode next Wednesday.